Welcome to the Marie Menu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello and welcome to Marie Manu Cherry Show. We're live here in gorgeous, sunny, amazing Seattle. I mean, it's days like this where... (laughs) It's that good. It's that good. I mean, probably there's a lot of Seattleites calling in sick today because we don't always have, you know, the the best sunny weather, although that's changing for us. Um, And... uh, (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, there's just a little interruption there that caught me off guard. Um, so at any rate, we have um, beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous weather. So if you called in sick today, if you live in Seattle or Washington area and you called in sick, we hope that you're having a gorgeous day. Even if you're not listening to the show, you can catch it on podcast. I hope you're gardening, go- going on a bike ride. Maybe you're taking a swim in a wetsuit, you know, riding one of those. Just pack the car up with everything. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Just grab the, the kids, today. get right. some food. Yeah. Just go have a blast. Play hooky yeah. today. Play hooky. And I guess it's going to be gorgeous all mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. Long. It's great for me. Softball season is back in a, oh. in a heavy, uh, like, regimen, I guess. I'm at practices now. We had a triple header on Sunday. We got another one. I'm hurting. Marie, I'm hurting. <laughs> like, the sunshine's killing me already. It's killing you? Oh, my <laughs> yeah, gosh. my back. I'm like, <laughs> But you're getting great exercise, I, right? I hope so. I'm, yeah. Yeah. So, trying. you know, the news is, is indicating that we could potentially have a woman in office. Mm-hmm. I mean, so Hillary Clinton has put her hat into the ring, so to speak, again. You know, this is not her first time. But she could actually win the election. What are you thinking about that, Benny? Possibilities are endless around uh, this whole uh, country in these last few years. I right. Mean, Isn't it amazing? I think it's great. Yeah, I just you know? love how everything changes. We talked about it yesterday on a, na- a sister show, uh, The Miss Kamei Show. It's on at 6 o'clock. And mm. she, from already, we're already talking about now having maybe women faces on money. Ooh. Which is kind of pop, you know, over the popularity, and right, they've already got a list that. of like ten people that really? are, are, are possibilities, you know, wow. which would be kind of cool. I mean, they already do it in other countries. Why not here? Right, absolutely. Why not? And we're kind of slow. We're kind of a, a slow <laughs> when it comes to politics and moving everything up to the to the century that yeah. we're in. We're a little bit slow about that. But yeah, yet our technology is just so amazing. Right? I know, right? Yeah. Mm, put that one together. Well, as you know, on the show, one of my greatest joys is to interview people who I believe are on the leading edge of thought. And today is one of those days. Uh, I read a book in October when I was in Canada, actually, teaching for Hollyhock. And it's called In Touch, How to Tune In to the Inner Guidance of Your Body and Trust Yourself, which is really something we talk about a lot on the show, your intuition, how to get in your body, how to fill your energy system, your emotional body, and get aligned with yourself so that you can listen to your own amazing wisdom and inner guidance because really... Everybody has that ability inside of them. It's natural and innate. It's part of our birthright. Um, John Prendergast, Gast, excuse me, PhD, is the author of this wonderful book. Um, John is a psychologist, retired professor of psychology, spiritual teacher, and founder of editor in chief of Undivided, and senior editor of the Sacred Mirror. Um, for more, you can go to listeningforsilence.com. I love that um, web. Signature. Welcome to the show, John. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Marie. It's a delight to be here. Yeah, it's lovely to have you. I love your book. And this is your very first book, right? Well, the first book of my own. That's correct. 
Oh, so you've written with other people on other um, projects. Yeah, I was the senior editor and contributed a few chapters to two other anthologies. Oh, lovely. But this book is different. Those anthologies were more oriented to psychotherapists, and this is for the general public. Right. Although I must say, you know, even though it's written for the general public, it really helps to take the general public to a different level of communication with their own bodies and their spirits. So even though you say it's for the general public, it's really this... Um, amazing way to help the general public increase their consciousness and uh, their ability to evolve and to be more aware in the world around them and, of course, within themselves. So I think it's it, it contributes quite greatly, I think, to humankind. Well, thank you. You know, I, I had a uh, kind of a needle to thread here. I wanted it to be deep and subtle and, you know, to include those dimensions, but also accessible. Yeah, well, I think you did a great job. Yeah. Well, so thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So you've been in practice for years. How many years have you been a therapist? Ooh, over <laughs> three decades. Wow. Wow. And so you've had all these, you know, experiences with your own clients and through all of that, plus your own experience with yourself, which is what you talk about in the beginning of, of the book of how you really helped yourself get through your own limitations and your own fears or worries or doubts or whatever it is that plagues the human spirit. Um, you recognize that helping your clients get to that inner piece of themselves, you know, the, whether it's comfortable or uncomfortable, you know, various ways of how to sit with that part of themselves so that they can unwrap the, the knowingness, so to speak. Exactly. That's one of the great, great and interesting things is if we actually become more intimate with our experience, if we sit with it in a certain way, it opens up. Right. And uh, <clears throat> that's been true in my own experience. It's been true with the clients that I've worked with, and I've also trained therapists uh, Mm. for 23 years. Wow. So, you know, trained and supervised them, and this is, you know, this is what we've been experiencing as well. Wow. So if you go, if you can go deeply enough into your experience, whatever it is, pleasant or unpleasant, um, these other dimensions open up. Right, and I'm sure in your practice, a lot of people who come to you, it's because they're feeling unpleasant experiences, and they don't know how to deal with it or how to move out of it, so to speak. Exactly. You know, people feel stuck and they feel confused. And um, sometimes we can work with that on our own. And sometimes it's great to have someone to help guide us through it. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so you're probably a very spiritual person, I can only imagine, um, through. I bet you were this way even before you started to do this type of work. Well, before I trained as a therapist, I was a meditation teacher. Ah. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, you know, my main interest has been, um, I would say, spiritual. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for a way to, you know, be of service to others and also support myself. And so I was drawn to be a psychotherapist as well. But that's always been a foundation of my work and approach with people is to really get in touch with what's essential. Right. And so through the meditation, that's also where you experience more of the energetic body or the, um, you know, we have this emotional body along with that energetic body. I mean, it really energy is just so big and vast and it's even hard to really categorize it. But there certainly are ways to do that so that people can understand as they venture inward. And that's where you noticed where that wisdom is, that place where it's more of a subtle inner feeling rather than a mental process. Well, this is it. We get out of, if we get out of the ordinary thinking mind and more deeply into the body, uh, a different kind of uh, intelligence and wisdom is available. And uh, it's quite a surprise for people who are more analytic and mental. Um, but yeah, you go more deeply into the body and it opens up in surprising ways and a, and a beautiful uh, knowing and wisdom arises. Right. Are you still surprised today with your own inner knowing, like you may have your 
your thoughts about a subject matter or a situation in your life, and then you, you know, take the time away in your busy day to go inward and feel whatever's going on. And are you still surprised by the answers you get from that type of awareness? I'm constantly surprised. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I mean, this is the delight when you really open to a different way of knowing. You're opening to the unknown, and so right. it's full of surprises. Right. And um, they're delightful and they they're are. poignant, and so it feels, yeah, there's just a sense of openness, I would say. Right. Um, and I feel exactly the same way I've been, you know, asking my inner wisdom, you know, going through my emotional body and feeling my energy moving into that silence space um, for about 15 years now. And I'm still shocked <laughs> by what it communicates to me and what direction it, it sends me to. It's actually much more helpful and it makes a lot more sense that whatever all the different complicated you know, results my brain gave me to any situation in my life. And, and it's really freeing. It's this very interesting um, place of expansion. It's very freeing. And it, as we become, become more comfortable with not knowing, being willing not to have the answers uh, mm. readily available, uh, that opens us up to a different way of knowing. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. really beautiful. That's really gorgeous. So um, in the book, you talk about how there's, you know, different layers, if you will, um, you know, layers of ways that you get people to get into their body, not just from one direction, but from multiple directions. So mm-hmm. could you explain that a little bit? Well, it's like any, every experience that we have is a portal to our depth. So um, one of the things that I noticed uh, working with people is that as they begin to tune into their truth, that there are certain subtle somatic markers, certain kind of um, subtle bodily experiences that arise. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll just mention them briefly, and we can, if you and your listeners are interested, we can go into them more yeah, deeply. Great. But one of them is there's a kind of relaxation in the core of the body, and a letting go, and a dropping down of attention so that people feel more grounded. Um, it's like attention just sinks down into the body in the sense of being more in the, <coughs> excuse me, the lower body and the legs and the feet, and there's just a sense of stabilizing and, and grounding. So um, that's one of the markers I've noticed. Another is the heart opens. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a sense of expansion and warmth and uh, greater love and gratitude and appreciation that arises uh, as well. Um, one of the other things I've noticed is a sense of inner alignment. It's as if um, <clears throat> we line up inside and we even sit up straighter when we uh-huh. get in touch with our truth. And then a sense of much greater space, both within and around our bodies as well, right. uh, which is related to the energy body that you were alluding to. So right. uh, I find sitting with people that I notice these qualities when they're attuning with their truth, and they do as well. So, but we can we can deepen into our experience simply by paying attention to whatever is calling for attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, sometimes when I sit with people, I'll just say, "What's what's wanting attention right now?" And mm-hmm. often their attention will drop into some area. It could be the heart, mm-hmm. or um, the solar plexus, or the throat. There may be something that's wanting to open, or feeling stuck and contracted, and and that becomes an area of exploration. And if we're able to sit with it with what I call affectionate attention and curiosity, it begins to unfold in mm-hmm. a beautiful way, and, and um, then things start to move mm-hmm. well, and, and insights arise, and, and uh, different feelings come and go, and we feel ourselves more in touch with ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I love that whole idea about when you're aligned with your truth, your posture changes. You, you know, because you, you release your energy, right? Yes. Right. That's right. There is a release of energy and a sense of opening. So it's it's as if the true nature of the body begins to reveal itself. Right. I think of the body as a musical, being like a musical instrument that we need to tune. Right. And our listening to the body, our careful and affectionate listening to the body is a way of tuning the instrument. And very often we have to clear a certain amount of noise or static in the system. And that static relates to um, somatic contractions and emotional reactions and core limiting beliefs. Mm. So these core limiting beliefs, one of the things that I have experienced in myself and, and of others, so I'd love to hear your feedback on this as well, is that a, a lot of empathic people, probably a lot of people that you see in your practice, very sensitive individuals mm-hmm. who really care about the planet, um, they spend a lot of time in their heart chakras making decisions, yet they haven't really neutralized this area. It's, it's, it's too sympathetic to the world or crises that are occurring on the planet or to their own problems in their family lives. And so I find that a lot of times they spend a lot of, of their energetic body in this area trying to make decisions, being a really good person, being overly conscientious perhaps, and a- avoiding their own personal needs. Yeah, there can be, one can get overwhelmed sometimes by the needs and the suffering of others. And so it's important to have discernment as well. And one area of discernment is to be able to set effective boundaries um, so that we don't burn out or become overwhelmed and that we value our own needs and feelings as much as those of others as Mm -hmm. well. So being able to take good care of oneself is really important if one's going to care for others. Right. And in your book, you talk about the heart chakra where there's this can be this great openness, but then you also talk about the hara line moving down towards the pelvic cavity, you know, connecting to kind of like kundalini energy in a way, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a fantastic knowingness place, you know, where mm-hmm. we can have that detachment from the world, so to speak, <laughs> you know, in terms of our over-concerns or worries mm-hmm. about the rest of the world. Well, or, this is where the sense of space comes in. Mm, yeah. You know, that we can be both intimate with our experience, but also spacious. Mm-hmm. And that requires that we let go of our fixed identities, fixed in, as in fixated or rigid, that we let go of our stories of who we are and feel ourselves simply as open presence and spaciousness. So that's a counterbalance. Um, sometimes to being um, over-affected emotionally. Mm-hmm. Well, so that we can, you know, we can feel a sense of openness and spaciousness, even as we're very, res- very empathic and caring for someone. So that way we don't burn out and we don't get overwhelmed. Right, right. So having a, that spaciousness in the abdominal area while you also have that connection to your heart is one of the, the methods. Yeah, in the abdominal area and throughout the whole body, actually. Right, right. This is the interesting thing about spaciousness, is that it's both within the body and around us as well. We begin to attune with a global spaciousness, mm-hmm. that is to say, in all directions all around, and um, feel ourselves more as the sky rather mm-hmm. than the cloud within it. And this is, you know, this is what many wisdom traditions point us to. And right. For that, for us to really experience that firsthand uh, means that we actually have to be able to um, see our thoughts as objects, uh, see thoughts as thoughts, and, and not get pulled into our stories without um, realizing what's happened. 
Yeah, I think what most people don't really understand, which is one of the reasons why I love your book, because it's going to help them to get out of their head and see that there are so many more options and perceptions available other than the limited brain. You know, I think the brain's great for making sure that you and I connected at the right time to go on the air this morning or mm-hmm. making sure I had yeah, gas in my car. we need it for planning. That's Absolutely. Right. For daily life, you know, eating and all of those things. You need but, to think clearly. Yes, you know, because we live in a physical reality where there's all these physical requirements um, all day long just to you know, <laughs> have to eat, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I don't believe that the brain can offer insights into what feeds us passionately or you know, whom's best that we surround ourselves with in our life or where we even live. I think that there's that inner knowing, that energetic connection that's a lot more attuned to answering the best answers that we could possibly imagine for those. There's a beautiful saying that the mind is um, a good servant but a poor master. Yeah, I I think that's completely true. So our thinking, uh, usually, you know, our thinking tends to be the CEO of our life, but... um, it's really quite limited in its capacity. There's so much more, as you suggest, to life. And, and uh, if we're just living with our attention localized in our, in our heads, um, it's a very, very limited way of working. So uh, what happens is this attention drops down into the heart and deeper into the body, a kind of waking down process. Then the mind actually knows its limits and it relaxes and actually becomes the useful tool Right, especially with the third eye in the middle of the brain, you know, then you can have more connection to your insights, mm-hmm. you know, whatever they might be for you. That's right. That's that kind of different kind of knowing that arises right. when there's that kind of clarity. So, you know, we're talking about the energy body, aren't we? Sure. <laughs> the current of yeah. life, you know, the kundalini and the various energy centers. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, sometimes uh, we may not be aware of those directly, um, but we can tell by the quality of just peacefulness and clarity and vibrancy um, in our body, in our lives, that we're attuning with that. And, and so the body's not, you know, and I'm, you know this extremely well from your own experience, as do many of your listeners, the body's not what we think it is. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's very vibrant, it's very sensitive, uh, and it has dimensions that uh, we're ordinarily not aware of, but are very helpful to be in touch with in terms of navigating our daily life. Um, throughout your book, you have exercises, too, and one of them, I mean, several of them, of course, uh, I thought were just fabulous, but one of them I, I thought was really fun, and, and maybe we could have our listening audience, you know, consider this exercise. It may not be the one on their, uh, oh, I can't wait to do that exercise, <laughs> but I think it's cr- really necessary, and it's, um, you, you call it an experience, be the experience, you know, where you, which, which experience? It's, you call it be the experience. Well, it just says experiment on it, but it's about allowing yourself to experience a difficult emotion when it arises, that particular one. It, letting, letting, oh, just, just letting the experience be as it is? Yeah, it's where someone has difficult emotions, you know, and what most people do is they just, like, put them on the back burner. They're like, I don't want to mm-hmm. feel that. It's just going to go away naturally, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. That's what people do, and then they repress all this energy inside their body, right, and it can have, it could potentially have negative effects on their health, mm-hmm. you know, certainly multiple areas of their life. But you recommend, you know, maybe some of these uncomfortable emotions are, like, shame, fear, loneliness, or anger, Oh, yes, right. Yeah, and you ask that the reader sense it in their body and mm-hmm. and notice how where it localizes because, as you know, and as our listening audience knows, you know, energy and emotions are 
basically the same thing, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, energy flows in our body based on what we're feeling. And and then simply to just be there, you know, yeah. experience what's happening rather than trying to run away from the difficulty, but just to okay. be with it. It's so really... did you want me to guide yeah. you this briefly? Yeah, yeah. Before we take a break, why don't you go ahead and do that? That sounds great. Okay, fine. Um, how much time should I take for this? Uh, yeah, a couple of minutes. A couple minutes, right. is that good? Yeah. Two, three minutes? Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, um, so I'd like to um, invite your listeners to... Notice how you're feeling right now, and bring your attention down and in to the trunk of your body. Mostly we feel it in the trunk, in the heart area, in the solar plexus, maybe the lower belly, possibly the throat. (coughs) Excuse me. And just let your attention settle down and in. And notice how you're feeling. And pay particular attention if there is a, uh, an uncomfortable feeling, it might be a feeling of fear or shame or anger or guilt. Notice how it localizes. That is to say, where in the body do you feel it? More or less. And how do you feel it? What's the texture of it? And then I'd like to invite you to actually breathe into it. Feel your way into the very center of it. Not to change it, but to be more intimate with it. So it's as if each breath brings your attention more into the very core. feeling is. You may notice it as a kind of, it may have a quality of somatic tightness or contraction to it, too. Just letting it be, not judging, not trying to get rid of it, just curious and affectionate with your experience. And one thing you may notice is that when you actually become intimate with this experience, you can even let the name of it go now. Of its own, it begins to change. Because no experience is static. And when we stop trying to refuse it or change it, and we meet it with this quality of curious, affectionate attention. It responds, just as we do when we're met with this quality of attention. And then finally, simply be the experience. There's no gap at all between someone who's observing and something's observed. Simply be this experience. And just notice what happens. So that's it. 
Perfect. That's wonderful. We're going to take a break here on the Marie Manu Cherry Show, and we will be right back. Reiki is an easy healing tool to help family members and even pets. Reiki is rapidly becoming a necessary and sought-after technique to help individuals find a deeper place of healing. Throughout this workshop, Marie will assist participants in understanding how to transmute health issues and to use intention to heal all areas of human life. Join Marie September 25th through the 27th, where she will happily share her theories, experiences, and provide readings for weekend participants. For more information, visit energyintuitive.com. Hi, my name is Travis, and I'm the host of the Create the Life You Want show. For many years, I've helped clients all over the world align to their highest path and purpose, create more wellness and joy in their lives, and eliminate barriers to abundance. Each week's show is specifically designed to bring an enlightened approach to -to day-to-day living. We all want to create abundance in every area of our lives, and this show helps you do just that. Tune in, call in with a question or for a reading, and get new insight on your life. Let go of limitations and join me Sundays at 6 Pacific on the Create the Life You Want show. Do you have an extra dollar per month to spare? There's probably one in your wallet, cup holder, or couch right now. So why not use it to make the world a better place? Dollarpermonth.org lets you do just that by making giving back fun, easy, and trustworthy. Dollarpermonth.org empowers people to create real change in the world today by supporting causes impacting all of us. Global health care, wildlife preservation, the environment, clean water, pick one. Dollarpermonth.org gives you a say in where your donations are distributed, all while running with as minimal overhead as possible. You see, every month, Dollarpermonth.org hosts three new charities who have a proven track record for actually making a difference in the world and for being responsible with their own donor contributions. You can always trust where your donations are going through Dollarpermonth.org. Giving back has never been easier. You sign up through the community for as little as $1 per month or more. Through the Dollarpermonth.org community, you can be responsible for hundreds or even thousands of dollars in support of the best and most responsible charities in the world today. Together, we can change the world. So go to dollarpermonth.org today and see what your dollar can do. Continue the conversation on Saturday, August 21st from noon to 5 at East West Bookshop and learn there is always a perfect choice. The power of knowing is within you. Relearning this natural skill set will help you throughout your lifetime. Spend the day with Marie Manu Cherry and infuse your choices with insight. For more information, visit Marie's event page at energyintuitive.com. 1150kknw.com, your connection to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to the Manu Cherry Show. I'm having the pleasure of interviewing the author of In Touch, How to Tune Into the Inner Guidance of Your Body and Trust Yourself, John Prendergast. Welcome back to the show, John. Thank you. Yeah, and a, lo- a lot of people endorse your book, by the way, which is amazing. Um, they wrote beautiful things about your book as well, um, because I really think it's a sign of the time where, of times, where humans 
even though, you know, dramatic television is certainly interesting and the internet and it's all fast and quick and, you know, we can even put things on pause while we go to the bathroom and grab food and come back and get back engaged in the drama of something that's not even real or even reality TV, which is, I'm not sure how real it is either. Um, and so this whole idea of going inward, it's a very different experience. It's quiet. Mm-hmm. It takes patience. Mm-hmm. And does. yes, yet it's going to be just as exciting once you attune yourself or, and you might find, you might have better words for it than attuning, but once you like, you like attuning, yeah. <laughs> once you allow yourself to be in that place, it's like a whole new world. Yeah, it's a different world and it's a very different pace, you know, than um, we're actually, it seems like we're increasingly getting entrained to, entrained with. I mean, it's just remarkable in the last 10 years to see, you know, people with their uh, smartphones, you know, and how much attention they (laughs) uh, (laughs) are looking and checking Facebook and email and so on. And, you know, I do it myself. Uh, It's very seductive. But it is important to know that um, there's a whole different dimension of life that awaits us uh, that does require a different quality of listening and attention and and rather than speeding up and rather than gaining, you know, saturating ourselves with more information, <coughs> excuse me, it's really much more uh, to contact that requires that we actually slow down and be quiet and take a few minutes uh, of downtime, uh, maybe several times a day. Take a few deep breaths and let attention drop down and, and uh, really feel what's going on in a different way. And, and why do that? Because we become... Uh, more intimate with life, more connected with life, and we feel more real. You know, we get out of, um, you know, the reality TV and the reality of our, you know, brain stories, and we get into a much subtler and deeper reality where we do feel connected with the deeper current of life. And that's that intimacy and that authenticity is much more fulfilling than racing around and saturating ourselves with more information. Right. And I think, at least personally, and I'm, I'm sure for many people, when you do that, you make different choices. Very different choices and much better choices Yeah, as well. And um, we make better choices in our, our practical life. And, and we start attuning with something deeper, I would say. Mm. Um, <clears throat> deeper and often overlooked, which I would call our essential nature mm. or our true nature. And this contacting our true nature, our essential nature, really, to me, is the most important thing. And I think this is why we're here on the planet, actually, is mm-hmm. to wake up and to live in accordance with that. Mm-hmm. And that requires, that's a choice as well. Uh, so there's a lot to this uh, inner listening. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I sometimes feel like, like when you get to that place and you are in that inner listening and you get information that would lead you in a different direction, whether it's just in that moment, the way that you were initially perceiving an experience and the way you were emotionally connecting to it, mm-hmm. or a choice that would change your life, um, like changing a career or moving across the right. country or whatever. That a lot of times I think that um, that we tend to think that it's a risk, you know, that, that those feelings or awarenesses feel very risky, but yet I think that that's where all the magic is. Well, it's true, and, you know, again, risk is, you know, coming from the mind that's always calculating, you know, danger and, and risk, but it uh, does so from a very partial perspective, um, what's safe and what's dangerous, and, mm. and there are many levels, I think, of safety, and the most profound, actually, is to 
really are. And uh, this is what never changes. Everything else is always changing. And, um, you know, even the Earth, you know, <laughs> right. earthquakes. we know about that in the Bay Area. Right. So, you yeah. know, every, everything that we kind of rely on and stand on uh, eventually changes. We know that. It's impermanent. And so um, it's actually risky, most risky, to uh, stand on shaky ground and least risky to go most deeply into who we really are. So even though we perceive that when we go inward and we hear, leave your job immediately, I mean, not that that would be exactly what someone would hear. It's just when I look at humankind, I see most people doing work for a big part of their time every day that doesn't feed them, you know, emotionally or spiritually or energetically. Uh It's a drain on their energy system. So if they were to go inside and hear, oh, you would be great at this, or you would love to do that, or this isn't comfortable for you, or something of that nature, that this type of awareness they tend to interpret risky versus maintaining that path of intellectual, I have to do this because I have to pay the rent and buy food and maintain my health insurance. You know? Right. It, you know, it, it does take courage. And it's interesting. I, You know, I mentioned I've trained therapists, and for many years I was a professor of psychology at the California Institute of Integral Studies. And very often the students who would come in were, um, you know, in their 40s or even their 50s. And they were in their second or third careers. And they'd be working at jobs that provided financial security, but they felt an inner emptiness. And they felt that they were not living in accord, really, with what was most important. And so they took that leap into the dark. And, you know, in their case, they decided to pursue a career in becoming psychotherapists. But, um, it, uh, you know, again and again, I heard these stories of, of people that would have a dream or have an intuition and decide to follow it. And we're so grateful that they did as well. So there mm-hmm. is, it does take courage. Mm-hmm. There's no question to mm-hmm. trust um, a deeper guidance uh, and a calling, I would say, a sacred calling that we all have to listen to that small, still voice. So that's mm-hmm. true in career, and it's true in relationship as well. Right. So it's we can live in our you know our comfort zone, but our comfort zones can be fairly stagnant, and we don't learn very much. And so it's when we get out of our comfort zone, when we <clears throat> open to different ways of knowing, that our lives really come alive. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned in the book that you feel that most of us disengaged from this incredible awareness that we all naturally have for ourselves and can mature that connection, probably from not feeling nurtured and loved and safe in childhood. Well, that's, you know, that's an important component. I think we, we have an intuition of this when we're children. There's a natural kind of innocence and openness um, that we have, and we're in touch with our bodies more and, and more spontaneity. Excuse me. But very often, uh, almost always, developmentally, all that shuts down, and and we do lose touch with it. If we if we do are fortunate enough to have caretakers who've been consistent and kind and attuned, um, you know, we we build a sense of our own self trust and confidence that then we can um, use as a resource and in our adult lives, but if we haven't had that, um, then it's more difficult, actually. We have more static, there's more distrust, uh, more conflicted emotions, um, and so it can be more difficult then to trust ourselves and, and move forward with some kind of confidence. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, go the ahead. good news is mm-hmm. that that can change. So even if we did have a difficult childhood, and many of us have, 
uh, if we find someone, a partner or a friend, or in some cases a therapist, um, who can listen uh, to us and help us make sense out of our lives and get in touch with our bodies and our feelings and, and um, attune with a greater depth, then we can recover, uncover, and recover that natural openness that we all have. Wow. I, I, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing that um, th- that a lot of these, you know, uh, contractions that we feel in our body and in our energy um, can be resolved just by finding kindness around us, allowing that to be in our life, actually. Well, the allowing is so important, isn't it? Right. Because if we judge it and push it away, um, it just stays stuck. But if we open to it, you know, and, and, be, and become intimate with it, uh, it begins to transform. You know, and the same would be true, say, for instance, using a metaphor of a child who's been abused or neglected and begins to act out. If we push them away because they're crying or they're misbehaving, um, it just makes things worse. But if we can bring them close and listen and understand what the underlying pain is behind the defensive behaviors, then there's a softening and opening. So that's true, you know, in dealing with children outwardly and also with those kind of young parts within ourselves, if we can embrace them with some kindness and understanding, uh, they will reveal their natural gifts of innocence and, and uh, intuition and aliveness. Right. So we're talking, um, as we talk often on this show, about self-love and appreciation and self-compassion. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. right. Self, self-acceptance, um, self-love are really critically important components in opening to these depths and, and, um, you know, and, and some patients as well, because this conditioning, <coughs> excuse me, has been, you know, layers of it been, have been added uh, on over the years. It takes a while uh, for uh, it to, to let go. And, and I think actually the, the process of deconditioning and letting go is a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to do it completely or perfectly. Right. Um, but we can enter into a greater intimacy with ourselves and certainly help the process along. Right. Beautiful. Why don't we go ahead and take um, a phone call before we take our next break? Who do we have, Benny? We will take Victoria calling in from California. So, Victoria, welcome to the show. What's going on? Hi. Hi, Marie. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thank Great. you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I first I want to thank your guest for that exercise that he did a few minutes ago. I, I participated in it. It's, it's a powerful, powerful thing to do. Um, so I wanted to thank him for that. And You're welcome. I, yeah, <laughs> and I had a question regarding my oldest son, who's almost 23. He's had really struggling with some health issues in the last year, and then he graduated college and he ventured out on his own. He's working. He's miserable and concerned because, you know, on every level, physical, mental, emotional, you know, I feel that he's just, he even used the word stuck to me yesterday in in talking to me about the way he's feeling. And I I guess I'm asking you as to maybe some insight as to where, you know, what's going on. Um, I feel like he has so much potential and I think he knows that, but there's, He's just incredibly... I don't think I've ever seen him this unhappy. Well, you know, so, since we have a, um, a PhD psychotherapist on the air, I think it would be lovely to get his insights. I'm happy to include mine. But, um, John, so, you know, a young person who's made all these accomplishments, but 
is having challenges in the world. Um, and what would your suggestion be in this case? Oh. And I know it's on the air, you know, right. <laughs> not right. taking the and client history. Uh, that's right. There's very yeah. little information. Very here. little. Yeah. But, you know, it's always good. You know, the good thing about this is that he knows that he's stuck mm. and he can describe it as such. So mm. the next step is, you know, and it depends, you know, as, as his mother, you can just say, well, tell me about it. What's, tell me about the experience of being stuck. What's that like? You know, um, how does that feel? Um, where do you experience that in your body? You know, in, in other words, not to try, try to change the stuckness, but actually begin to become, you know, more, more familiar with it, more, more intimate with it. And that's where the exploration can begin to deepen, just the invitation to sit with the stuckness, not trying to change it, um, mm-hmm. and just see what wants to open. So, you know, it could come from many areas. Uh, it, could, it could be external. You know, he has a particular passion, and he's not able to actualize it yet. Right. Uh, and so there may be some exploration to do on an outer level, and there may be some inner obstruction. There may mm-hmm. be some... There may be some belief that he has about himself right. uh, that's getting in the way. And if that's the case, and I don't know that it is, it would be helpful if he can name what that is. It's like there may be a belief, you know, I just can't make it, you know, or I'm not good enough, or I'm, or I'm lacking something. Aww. And many of us have these kind of uh, right. subconscious limiting beliefs as well. And once we can begin to name them, then we can begin to question them. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is a complementary approach. Part of it is to kind of feel the body and notice where the stuckness is and invite attention into that area and breath and kind of a loving quality of awareness. And the other is to ask, is there any associated belief with this feeling of stuckness? Mm-hmm. And very often these beliefs can be stated uh, in a simple sentence, like, you know, I'm not good enough or something's wrong with me. And then if you bring attention to the heart area and very quietly ask yourself, what's my deepest knowing? Mm -hmm. What's the truth? I really want to know, what's my deepest knowing about this limiting belief that we may have? It's really Mm -hmm. interesting to feel uh, and listen and, and sense what may come because we all have this natural wisdom within us. And this is something I've discovered in my work with clients uh, over many years, that if attention drops from the head into the heart, if Mm -hmm. we get quiet, if we're able to actually identify what our core limiting beliefs are and ask from from true, earnest sincerity, wanting to know, what's my deepest knowing about this, and just sit for a minute or two, really interesting and deep answers will come. Mm -hmm. Sounds gorgeous. I, I love what you said about how he already, he, he, how wonderful that he knows he can describe what he's experiencing, even though it hasn't unraveled yet. He identifies it, which is half the battle, I think, you know, is when I was reading his energy, um, he's got several leaks going on um, in, in his energy system. You know, sometimes this happens under stress and all of those things. But what I thought was adorable is, you know, you're a really strong, protective mom. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you have, you know, and he's very sensitive and you are madly in love with him. You know, you just adore him. So you've been, in a way, at least my interpretation, protecting his energy most of his life, you know, (laughs) not that he needed it, by the way, but that's what you've been doing. And now all of a sudden he's out in the world without this 
umbrella, not that you're not there, but it's different, you know. And so he may not have recognized how he has all of that capacity to have his energy support him because he's used to you supporting him. Yeah, that sounds very true. So, you know, I think, you know, part of that conversation, first you continuing to pull back and not feeling like, oh, my God, I have to take care of this child. You know, he's Mm -hmm. incredibly intelligent and very aware and has... You know, he doesn't need your energy to protect him, sort of a thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's a, a part of it, you know, that if you can feel his competence, that I think that's going to help him to, you know, not yeah, lose his energy I've so Yeah, I've come much. to that conclusion just recently that I really just need to take a step back, you <laughs> yeah. know, for my own self, too. Yeah, um, right. But but in terms of his health, do you see him getting better? I mean, it's been a long kind of yeah. myster- mysterious. Well, I love it when it's mysterious because it means that it's still in the energy system. It hasn't really gone into the body, you know, whatever's going on because it's not detectable through conventional medicine. So I always love that. But, yeah, when he stops leaking energy, imagine what's going to happen to his anatomy and physiology because everyone needs all the molecular Bo- you know, energy system inside of them too. It's a, it's an extremely important part of how we maintain health and wellness in, in any part of the body. So once he stops leaking, and I loved what John suggested because I think it's this cool conversation where you get to help him to help himself instead of you protecting him. You know, it's this place where you're inviting him to go inward and and you know resolve things that he is completely capable of all on his own. I think I think it'll be a really cool conversation. Yeah, and I think I found that to be incredibly helpful because as a mom, you generally want to jump in and fix things. And well, I'm, not I'm all super- moms are like that. But- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I like what he had said. Yeah. You know, regarding you know, kind of putting it back on him. Yeah. You know, really. Cool. Yeah. Deeply within. Yeah. Yeah. That's helpful. I think you need to retire yourself from the protective mom role and and just mm-hmm. enjoy, you know, this wonderful mm-hmm. adult that's in your life who loves you just as much as you love him. Okay. Thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. Have a great day in California. Thank you. You too. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break here on the Remenu Cherry Show. We'll be right back. Please join Marie Manucheri on June 19th in New York at the Omega Institute and discover how your energy system directly affects your organs and learn how to effectively communicate with those organs to self-heal. Through guided meditation, intuitive readings, and hands-on exercises, you come to understand the relationship between energy and health. For more information, visit Marie's event page at energyintuitive.com. 
On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed back Kim Manor, who uses scientific principles for making changes that really work. On Saturday, Marie D. Jones joins us with stunning implications on her research into mind control from ancient times to today. Then Becky Walsh dials in from the UK to discuss the power of intuition in love, at work, and everywhere else. Bringing you fascinating talk since 2007, we are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Ever have the gnawing feeling your life should mean more? As George Eliot said, it's never too late to be who you might have been. Join Brenda Michaels, Marsha Mercant, and Marla Williams for a special one-day event, The Power of Intentional Shift, cracking the code to your heart's deepest desires. A power that holds the promise to shift your life in the direction of your dreams. Saturday, May 2nd at the Coast Bellevue Hotel in Bellevue, Washington. For more information and to sign up, go to intentionalshift.com. We live in a world that's become predictable. Our realities are filled with distractions, hopelessness, and confusion. We've begun to lose touch of what we're truly capable of. It's time for us to regain our true potential. Join psychic medium and crystal child, Lindsay Paul, as she connects to the other side and brings back messages from beyond, along with her psychic and skeptic, Abraham DeWeese and indigo child, Sarah Ellis. They'll help you sort of new heights by answering your questions. Don't miss Wisdom Within Radio, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Visit the beautiful island of Cortez in British Columbia and attend Perception is Everything, a weekend workshop beginning June 29th, and discover a feel knowing that everything in the universe is made up of subatomic particles. All particles respond to our perception, and each of us has the power to change our perception, hence moving particles and literally changing personal outcomes. For more information about this weekend workshop, visit Marie's event page at energyintuitive.com. Open your ears, open your heart, open your mind. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And welcome back to the Marie Menu Cherry Show. We're live here with the author of In Touch. Um, which is a remarkable journey through the body. This book really lets you go inside your body so you can find your own answers and move into your wholeness of being. Um, John is a gifted clinician and dedicated spiritual practitioner, which, okay, is very important when you're writing a book like this and helping people maneuver through their own life. I love that you um, first got very interested in the human condition, so to speak, through meditation, because it is a skilled practice to move inward. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's not something you learn in an hour. Uh, it's a lifelong. Not in an hour. Oh. <laughs> in a lifetime. And so, in, <laughs> so right, in a unfolding, life unfolding discovery. Right, and so in this lovely book that you've written, you help guide all of us into a powerful process of inner attunement, one that unfolds into deep realization, full embodiment of aliveness. I mean, that's just really true, what you're, what you're doing, helping us to, um, I think, helping the world collectively. I think that that's where we are anyways in the heart chakra, learning those of us who need to open up our heart chakras so that we can be more compassionate. And for those who have their heart chakra open to learn to be more self-compassionate <laughs> rather than just externally compassionate, I, I think your book is timely. Uh, it's like the perfect time. Was it fun writing? It was. I really enjoyed it. It was. It took a while. I was working full time, so I'd have to dedicate, you know, a day or two per week um, to do it and take some weeks off. But I, um, it is a kind of um, distillation of my own, you know, understanding and experience with people, and so it was actually um, very gratifying to write it. And you have, uh, and I enjoy writing too. 
I know you've been writing for a while, you know, which is great, and certainly prepared you to write your first solo book. And um, and in the book, you even have stories about clients and experiences that so that people can understand what it means like to go inward and yeah. all the different ways that may work for each. You know, because people are slightly different or in different um, stages of feeling comfortable well, in their body. Well, that's important, isn't it? You know, to be able to tell short stories, vignettes, and uh, it makes it more uh, accessible for people. Right. It absolutely does. Um, and so, are you going to do you teach workshops and classes as well? John? I do. Um, mm. Yeah, I do uh, retreats and workshops and, um, you know, talks of that sort, mostly in the Bay Area, but uh, sometimes outside of the Bay Area as mm-hmm. well. Um, so that the people can go to your website, which is? Uh, listeningfromsilence.com. I love that. Aria, um, I don't and know it's what just, the word is. It's in transition right now. It should okay. The new one should be up in another day or two. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, I just love the title of your website. I think it's great yeah. and um, that sounds fantastic, getting people to really pay attention to this inner awareness, you know, going inside and getting information, not just for themselves, but if you're worried, like our caller worried about her child, her lovely adult child, um, that we can get inner awareness about our what, what we're experiencing in our families so that we can approach it from a very healthy, whole state. Yeah, that's true for our families and, and really, I think, for the whole planet. Mm-hmm. It's requiring a, uh, a transformation in way that we see life and, and feel ourselves because um, mm-hmm. we're, you know, it's critical times and we need to make a shift. Right. It is critical times. And so we understand that, uh, you know, California, where you're from, has been in a drought for a little while. Severe drought for four years and uh, no signs of it stopping. So, wow. yeah, it's, uh, most people do see this as uh, one of the symptoms of climate change. Right. Um, and so we're all going to, all of our listeners, we're going to be sending energy to California today and the world, you know, for healthy balance in our atmosphere so that our planet can be fed in the way she would love to be fed, <laughs> whatever and that to, is. Yeah, to do that is, is beautiful and effective and to take whatever um, very practical steps as well. Right, to, right. You know, and so are project. you guys rationed then, you know, in California? Do you have to be careful about watering? Yes. Yeah, wow. we're starting to ration more and more. Wow, amazing, amazing. Well, I can tell you this has been a fun-filled hour. I have truly enjoyed the conversation, and I encourage people to run out and get the book in touch um, so that they can read about all the beautiful ways that you have helped people in your practice and for many, many years, all kinds of people, how to connect with themselves so that they can have an incredible life. Well, I really appreciate your enthusiasm, and um, so it's been delightful to speak with you, Marie. Great. Well, thank you so much. Have a gorgeous day in San Francisco. May it rain today. Uh, (laughs) No sign of that happening. Uh, Well, we'll send positive energy. Thank you so much, and the best of luck with your book. Okay. Thank you, Marie. You're welcome. That was so much fun. Yeah, just really enjoying. Amazing gentleman. Yeah, amazing and really wonderful work. And I, I just can't probably emphasize enough how important it is, even though it doesn't seem as interesting as a computer game or Facebook or, um, you know, all the different s- television shows, but going inward, even if you can spend just 20 minutes a day, so like half of an hour show, you know, going inward and just spending time with yourself. You could resolve something that's been plaguing you for decades. Or if you're not 40 or 50 years of age and you're much younger, it can free you up to make excellent choices in your life right now that would prepave a wonderful relationship or a fabulous career or allow you to have some adventure that you didn't think you were going to have until you retired. So 
I think the potentiality of whatever it is that you want to create in your life is so huge. And the role that you play in that is actually going inward. It's taking that space for yourself. I think that uh, we're so wrapped up. You're right with everything going on socially. It's hard to set yourself aside, and there's a little fear there. But yeah. you know, there's 24 usable hours in every 24 day. 24 so hours, boy, you pointed that out. Pick one. It's not yeah. hard, and then go for it. And go for it. I can tell you that every decision I've made in my life since I learned to go into my body is not at all what I would have done if I just stayed in my mind. And I can also say with complete confidence. That I, with every decision I make from the energy and my awareness has brought me incredible joy and wonderful healing. So we wish that for you. We wish that for the world. Um, So we hope that you take some time this week and go inward. Have a beautiful day and thank you so much for listening to the show. Bye-bye.